Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tori Dealing With, where each episode is short, sweet, and the perfect thing to enjoy in the morning, just like your coffee. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. You may have seen him on Netflix, Too Hot to Handle, being an intimacy coach for reality TV contestants. He specializes in tantra, breathwork, and emotional well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one and only Brennan Durrell. Brennan! Thank you for coming on the show. What up, T? How are you? T, you're one of my favorite people. <laughs> no, you're one of my favorite people. <laughs> Especially after being in the jungle, throwing up and farting at the same time, looking into your eyes. <laughs> like that that's the person saving me right now. So not, you're not my favorite lie. person. That was one of the biggest <laughs> elephants in the room I had to deal with in my life. But it worked. It worked. <laughs> Oh my God, I don't even think we should get into that, but I'm like, people are going to want to know. Maybe that's another episode thing. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I know you have so much going on right now. You have a flight to catch in like an hour. So it's an honor to have you. I mean, obviously my intro was pretty specific, but I would love for you to tell us about yourself and the work that you do. Beautiful. First and foremost, thank you for having me and thank you to all your listeners as well who tune into you. Um, Anybody who tunes into you is a friend of mine because... Um, you're just, you're amazing. So thank you, T. Thank um, you. What up, everybody? My name is Brennan Durrell. Some people call me Bam. Um, childhood name from baseball back in the day. I am an intimacy coach and a creative artist. I do many things. I my, my greatest purpose in the world is just that everybody can just feel as best as they can in their body emotionally. That is what I'm most concerned about. And... Attaining these things, I practice Tantra. Um, Avid student, will always be a student of Tantra. I've traveled and journeyed to over 60 countries, um, gaining wisdom, knowledge, meeting beautiful people from different walks of life. And this all has been a self-cultivation journey for me in going forward to essentially so I can wake up and be like, damn, I feel good as shit today. Like that's exactly what I want to feel every single day. And it's not like that every day, however, all the things that I have compiled in my life have led me to that. And this is what I offer to anybody I come in contact with. Um, I would say my vibe is not like, um, I'm not like one of those people who just like, here's 10 steps to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm not one of those. Mm. I'm more like, let's just have a conversation and kick it. Yeah. Maybe drink a cow. Maybe go to the jungle, sit with some plant medicines. You know how it is. So, yeah, I'm a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but the most, the, the thing that I'm most concerned about and that I offer to everybody is that everybody experiences peace, power, and pleasure in some kind of way. I love it. And I think that's obviously what draws reality TV contestants to you. <laughs> no, obviously, you know, anybody who is interested in just exploring themselves in a deeper way, you are such a beacon of light in that direction. And It was really hard. Like, I stumbled across you while watching Too Hot to Handle, my only guilty pleasure. I actually don't like reality shows, even though I'm on one. But seeing you on it, I'm like, wow, this guy is just, like, so powerful. Finding you on social media, hearing your message, listening to the things you talk about, and then obviously getting to know you on a closer level, (laughs) which we discussed a little bit in the intro. But it's just amazing to see who you are and how you show up in the world. And I'm curious, what brought you to the path that you're on today? Was it a singular event? Or did you just know you were going to be a healer? Well, I don't even consider myself a healer. Like I I don't Mm. don't even use that word. 
I kind of knew like my whole life that I was always going to do something that was, you know, more taboo. Even as a young kid, like the things that I would think about when I was like seven years old, I was growing up in New York City in the hood and um, I was making homemade papyrus out of old birthday cards and, and Christmas wow. cards. I was like putting water and then asking my mom to use the blender to stir it up and then pouring it in a screen and then writing on papyrus. Papyrus is that ancient Egypt paper. I was doing this as a kid while dudes were outside, like in the hood. Like I still played sports. I still did my thing. However, I was doing these other very eclectic things, you know, like alternative in a way. So I was always kind of like, you know, cut a little bit different, a different piece of the cloth. Um, but I would say something that really opened me up. And I, I, I thank the universe, God, spirit so much for my parents and uh, and my father specifically in this way, like he always had me think outside the box. Like, no, you're not going to go to college in Jersey. You're, you're going to go to college in, in you know, Oklahoma. You're going to go as far as you can away because I want you to experience life. And uh, my family, I didn't have a big like um, religious influence in my life. However, I always did know that I was like something higher than me. I remember staring at the moon when I was a kid, stuff like that. Mm. Before me. I always had this thing in me. And it actually led me to going to um, becoming a, a Christian for a couple of years when I was in college. Um, my last year of high school, I, I decided to be a Christian for like three or four years. And I ended up going to a Christian university to play ball, got a scholarship to play baseball. And that actually led me to um, get closer to myself. And then inevitably, mm. you see, I'm talking about tantra and sexuality today, so I'm not a practicing Christian anymore. However, mm. that led me on my journey because it helped me build a deeper connection with myself, life around me. And then when I was done in university, I went to go um, play professional ball. I played um, minor league independent baseball, and then I ended up playing mm -hmm. internationally in Japan, Australia, Germany. And by traveling, that really was the thing, the catalyst I was like, hmm, there's more to life than what I thought. There's more to life yes. than just going to a a building on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> no way. There's not more to life than New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never wanted to leave because it was, you know, the, it's the Garden State. Like, why would I? <laughs> it's the Garden State, I baby. The garden? Shout out to Jersey. <laughs> but I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, traveling is just insane. And like you said, you've been over to 60 countries, right? Yeah. So, almost every continent. Have you been to Antarctica? No, actually, but I was actually exploring tours. They had the icebreaker rig tour, the icebreaker uh, boat tours that go through there a couple yes. times a year. Yeah. I'm definitely going to do that in the next couple of years. Do you want to come to my birthday party? That's where <laughs> I want to go. Are you doing that? If you plan it, I'll definitely I come. I mean, I'm, I just thought about it right now. You're the first person I've invited. I'll be the sickest party ever on an icebreaker ship in Antarctica looking at polar bears. <laughs> How sick would that be? <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk about my birthday later as it gets closer, but it's amazing. Like you like you said it brought you to this point traveling, exposing yourself to so many beautiful cultures, inevitably taking people to some of these places. And even if you don't call yourself a healer, you're leading people to healing within themselves because obviously that's been the journey that you've been on and that's just I think what's so powerful about you being here because I think a lot of the people who do listen to my podcast are looking for deeper ways to connect with themselves. So that's why it's perfect to have you as the first guest of season two of Tour Dealing With. But my following is primarily women. And so I would really like to have an episode that helps to incorporate men into this, and I would love for you to lead the space. Just speaking to the men out there, what do you even say to somebody to help invite them into this walk of life? Yeah, this actually changes almost all the time because it depends on the man, mm. depends on the, the kind of culture the man's from, where his upbringing, there's so many like little 
intricacies that go into how I, I show up to, to men, to brothers around me. Um, but mainly what I, the feedback that I've been given from roles that I have in my circle, um, the men's workspaces that I'm in, is that um, I'm neutral in regards to anything that they've ever experienced and or that they have done. Um, zero judgments and shame. And the way that I express myself, as you see on social media, T, I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm very much <clears throat> a heterosexual man, masculine, but I'm also very soft in regards to my emotions and how I express myself directly. And for me, I, I, I never want to beat around the bush. I don't, I don't want to beat around the bush. Um, and with men, it's like literally the most macho thing that I've ever done personally was opening up to a group of men who I had no idea who they were about my wow. deepest, darkest, messiest shit. And the liberation that I felt from that was like as if I came back from a battle. Like I just went to war and I came back. But instead, I was embraced with um, men being like, yo, that was actually fucking dope that you opened up to all of us. And how mm. light do you feel now? And I'm like, honestly, like, 15 years of carrying this heavy shit just by sharing it, having you guys witness me, that was the most <clears throat> powerful, most medicinal thing that I've ever experienced. So when, I, when I'm around men, I'm like, hey, hey, you, you can do all the bench press that you fucking want. You can do all your deadlifts and squats and all these things. Mm. But if you ain't willing to talk about your emotions to me, it's like you're, you're not at, the, um, you're not at the, um, the height of your potential of what you can be as a man. Wow. Chills. Because that's so true. And I think that it's so, I mean, listen, I, I don't know if it's harder for a man or woman to open up about their emotions, but I know that typically it's more accepted for a woman. It's, it feels a little easier, I think. That's what we see. So for somebody like you, who is definitely masculine, but also holds space for his emotions and is soft, it's like you are such an important example. And um, I hope that every girl listening to this who has a boyfriend or a husband or a brother sends this episode to them because I think that this is powerful and it will resonate with literally everybody. For this as well, mm -hmm. like sharing vulnerably and emotionally, and it's not about like dumping because say for me, when, when I am partnered, it's like I would never dump on my partner like my, my stuff. But communication right. and dumping are two different things. As men, it's like we, we share effectively about where we are, like, oh, I'm, I'm experiencing sadness in my body, how can I best put words to this? It's not gonna be perfect, but how can I best put words to this to be able to share with my partner, with, with my family, with my friends, with my workspace, that I'm experiencing these things. Like, like based on society, we've been taught to literally just swallow our pain. Mm. Um, we've been taught to just like stop crying, fall off a bike, stop crying, get up. And these are the standards that we've, you know, lived by. Like for me, like my inner critic is, a ripped ass six foot two, 215 pound um, athlete who like tells me like when I'm feeling sad or, or I'm feeling like like I'm, I'm in grief, it's like, like pick up your fucking chin and keep moving on. Like I have to catch myself because this thing's inside mm. of me. It's inside mm. of me. So I want to share with the men too um, who will listen to this after their, their beautiful ladies singing <laughs> this episode is that um, this is also not about being soft or being weak in any way. It's just, can you, can you play a game? Can you put words to what you're feeling in your body? That's all vulnerability is. I just think it's so helpful and important because like you said, whether or not 
you understand what you're experiencing. Like let's say you have a lot of emotions going on and you're not expressing it to yourself. You don't just have to know to release that. You also have to be conscious of how you communicate that. Do you think that like that intimacy with yourself, inner communication, is that like a tantric method? I know that you talk about intimacy a lot. Would you consider communication to be part of the tantric experience? Absolutely, because communication is, is what's happening in the present moment. Like We can't communicate what's happening tomorrow because we don't know what the hell's happening tomorrow. Communication happens right now. So this is a tantric experience. And if I'm experiencing something in my body now, like I'm sadness, anger, rage, or whatever it may be, it's if I can communicate this right now, that's making me be present because I'm not experiencing rage tomorrow. I'm mm. doing it now. So it's very intimate and very tantric as well. Do you think that a man, well, I guess asking from your perspective, what do you think the biggest benefit you've received from doing this soul searching or deep dive into yourself has been? Mm. I sleep really good at night. Mm. I, like the, the quality of my sleep is amazing because I, I know so many men who they don't sleep well, they don't sleep enough. Um, they kind of just get by and when I wake up in the morning, I'm just so grateful that I, I don't I don't have these fears and worries of, of grind, of, of doing stuff um, that's attached to my spirit. It's like anything that I'm going to do in my day, it's like I get to do those things. It's not it's not a have to. And um, so I would say the peace that I feel when I go to bed and when I wake up. I love that. It's so important. I feel like I try to do this work and I still can't fall asleep. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. <laughs> I'm over there waking up every two seconds, like kissing my cat. I'm like, I love you, Miso. She's like, get the fuck off me, mom. <laughs> like, again? Um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's beautiful. And, and so, yeah, just refreshing to hear. For anybody who is like coming into this work, what, and I know that you said everybody's different, but like what tools and tactics, besides just being yourself in front of men, do you use to help them break down their barriers? Yeah, the biggest thing is um, like with dudes is that, like everything that every dude has ever experienced, we all experienced it in some way. Like that, the number one thing is that they're not alone. Like, like, bro, you're not alone. Like, you're not alone. Mm. Like, no matter mm. what it is, I've been in spaces where men, they share that, let's say they, they might have been molested as a child, um, touched by a cousin, uncle, parent, whatever. Um, they had to take care of themselves when they're like eight years old because their parents will leave for a few days. Like a lot of these things that men bury deep down um, we've experienced it in some way or know somebody who has like the biggest misconception is like men feel like they're alone and it's like when we get into these spaces it's like actually you're you're not like you, you actually like it's, it's so eye-opening to be like okay um who's experienced this in the circle and see guys raise their hand and you're like mm -hmm. holy shit who's experienced right. this holy shit and then as a man all our our, our, our preconceived judgments when you walk into a space, you see a dude who's big as hell, macho, and then you see another guy who has glasses and he's small. We, have, we create all these judgments, and then we're in the space. We see these guys experience all the same things, and it's like, wow. You see this guy who's six foot six, 250 pounds, hugging a guy who's like five foot five, you know, because Aww. like we experience the same thing. So with men, it's, it's the commonality. It's like we're not alone. We all experience these things. We've just been taught not to share them. And I feel mm. that's a, a big piece that, um, that a lot of bros forget. Mm, that they haven't accessed. Exactly. Do you think that these 
abilities to hide our emotions or not connect with were protective mechanisms to survive generations of what it's taken to become, I guess, like here and now in the state of being a human. Absolutely. You know, like we've evolved physically over the years, but our, our ego really hasn't. Like our ego's main job is to keep us safe, uh, mm. whether it be, you know, a freaking, you know, saber tooth tiger back in the day with our ancestors, or it's like we're walking through the city and we're just like down a dark alley. It's like, oh God, our ego right. is the same mechanism. So I feel it's, it's, it's something that um, we have to actively go inside of to, uh, to, to approach. And this is why I'm so grateful. And I know you as well, and I, and I saw this in you. I saw this in you in the jungle and, and how you are and how you carry yourself. There is something like in me that the athlete part of me, I, mm-hmm. I, go, I approach healing just as I did as an athlete sometimes. More, mm. more, more times than not, because I have to, because most times I don't want to do it. You're a basketball player that's growing up. It's like you hated doing suicides. You know, you played mm. soccer, like you hated running laps. Like yeah. We hated these things, but we still did them and it made us better. And that's how I see healing. And it's hard. It's hard, but it's like, I mean, I just feel like healing is such a beautiful thing because in one, maybe for the first eight months of it, it's listening to a repetitive idea or, or trying to connect and not connecting and not connecting, but trying, trying, trying. And then all of a sudden, bang, you're on a fast track, no roadblocks, the, the path is cleared and you feel way better, but it's taken a year to get to a point and only a month of it has been the actual breath of fresh air. It takes, it takes a lifestyle. How Many years do you think it, it took you to come to the place you are now, if you had to quantify it? If I had to quantify it, I would say, um, oof. I would say so about nine years, 10 years, until yeah. I started having like those realizations. Like, you know, those like the, the cat memes where you're just sitting there like this? You know, I know cat memes. Yeah, I know you know cat memes. Like, <laughs> the cat just like don't know what the fuck's happening in life just like this. Um, but it was like thinking about like just where I belong in this world. And it started happening around when I was 26, um, playing ball in Hawaii. Do you think like being away from your home helped, like you said, traveling, being in another area? You were in Hawaii? Yeah, because um, spiritually speaking, every every land that you travel to, every place, no matter if you're in New Hampshire, you're in Jersey, you're in Florida, you're in the jungle in Ecuador or Peru, um, the land holds a specific energy imprint. So the way that I've experienced my life is that all these places that I've been have offered me different energy for my body. And these energies mm-hmm. have allowed me to think about things differently and see things from a different perspective, different nature, different trees, different sounds, different smells, different foods. It's all information. It's all information. Mm. And with new information in the body, I can't help but not change. That's such a good point, And I've never heard it said that way. But I agree. I feel like every time I've traveled for work, how can you not look at things from a different perspective? You're calculating how the culture lives in this place, how different you are, and then now absorbing the plants, the animals, just everything is so different. And yeah, that's that's a really beautiful way to put it. I've never heard it like that. For y'all listening too, it's when you're, even when you're eating a meal, this is why what you eat is so important and how you eat it. It's like, it's all information. Our body is a big-ass, intricate, beautiful computer system. So it's the same for where you put your feet, where you, where you sleep at night. That's why environment's everything. So I would say, T, that was, that was one of the biggest things that really was a, a catalyst for me was, was the traveling. It wasn't so much. Um, it was definitely leaving Jersey, leaving New York area, because I, mm-hmm. I in between both. 
Um, but it was just, you know, seeing people from another perspective. That was the thing for me. Yeah. I love that. I think it's important too. I left around 23 years old, started traveling. I mean, I think that that's definitely helped to make me understand like, okay, like there's a lot out here. I have to work on what's inside me. It's time to go deep in here to figure it out, pull it out. That way, wherever I go, I can show up and like really embrace the new place with a fresh, a fresh feeling instead of feeling like I'm carrying this New Jersey baggage with me everywhere I go. It's not only beautiful that you express yourself so much on, you know, platforms where people can get a lot of free content for you. Now you're hosting an incredibly beautiful February 14th tantric intimacy ritual, and it's free, which is so amazing. I love that you're offering this to people. Would you mind just touching on that so we can make sure that everybody who listens goes to this? Yeah, I appreciate that, T. So I'm, I'm leading the free event, the 14th. Tori didn't say it strategically, but it's actually Valentine's Day. And no. <laughs> even though it's a commercial, I, I don't, I don't, um, I was like, you know what, the commercialization of it, Valentine's Day. But you know what? There's, there's a specific reason why it's Love Day. And mm-hmm. I'm putting on an event for, for singles, for couples, and it's going to be a, a three-part um, free live event, and I'm gonna do a demo with a, a, a tantric massage to show people how to s- massage themselves, and then also um, an intimacy ritual with a partner. We're gonna do a little bit of breathwork, a little meditation, and I'm gonna share about cacao and how it's helped me with intimacy. So that's gonna be on Valentine's Day, and it's gonna be amazing. I want to come, but I don't have a partner, so I'm imagining myself with miso on a mas- <laughs> with miso on a massage table. <laughs> Miso, big bread on me. <laughs> it's not about romantic love. This is not a dating show. This is not too hot to handle again. It's, it's nothing yeah. like that. Um, which some of my too hot to handle fam, they're definitely going to come on the call as well. <laughs> they're going to be in the audience somewhere. Just hide it. Wholesomely, to be able to connect with not just a romantic partner outside of self, you have to be able to connect with life as a whole in itself. Like hearing the birds, yeah. the messages that are coming in all the time. When the sun's shining on your face, this is all intimacy. And this is all going into us. If we can receive life itself wholly and, and fully, mm-hmm. there's it's unmatched to going deeper with the partner. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I really encourage everybody to sign up and go, I'm going to, because I've worked with you before, Brennan. You're an incredible teacher. And even just having you on this podcast is an incredible experience. So I'm thankful that you're here. And I'm excited to see you on the 14th. And I also don't want to take too much of your time up before the airport. Yes. And these episodes are short. So this is going to conclude the episode part one with Brennan Durrell. But don't worry, guys, because Brennan has so much wisdom. We're going to pull him in for another 25-minute episode for next week. And part two is coming soon. Brennan, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with where we can follow you, how we can support you further? The first thing is that just all of you thinking about um, your healing journey, it doesn't have to be this big thing that's really scary. Like healing, healing is also sexy and healing can be sexy. It could be pleasurable. Um, I've experienced more pleasurable and sexy moments with the healing journey than I have of it being like really hard and painful. Those moments Mm. do come up, but I'm telling you like the peace, the power, the pleasure that comes from this and the sexiness, it's, it's worth it. So I just wanted to share that with men and women listening to this because it's, it's not this thing, you know, um, yeah, you can follow me on the gram at Brennan Durrell, um, B-R-E-N-D-E-N-D-U-R-E-L-L, and just come kick it. 
Yes. Follow Brennan and stay tuned for next week's episode because we're going to dive a little bit deeper and you might hear this story about me puking and farting at the same time. Okay, Brennan, thank you. (laughs) Stay tuned, guys.